today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie So if you have tried to sign your child up for swimming lessons in the past few years, you might be able to relate to the immense frustration of booked out classes and waiting lists in many parts of the country. Well, one of the solutions being looked at by Swim Ireland to help alleviate some of that backlog around the country are pop-up pools. So can they work? Well, it's an issue that journalist Mary McCarthy has been writing about and she's here in the studio and I'm also joined by the CEO of Swim Ireland, Sarah Keane. You're both welcome. Thank Thank you for being here. Many parents will be very familiar with this uh, topic because, Mary, as I said, you've been writing about this, trying to get your children started into swimming lessons. It can be like the Hunger Games, right? It's really, really, really tricky, Claire. And it's a panic. Like, parents feel a panic because I couldn't get my son in for months and months. I'd go down and every time I went down, I'd try and ring. All the spots would be taken up. Eventually, I got him in, right? So he did a term of lessons and I thought he could kind of swim. And then we went, last Easter, we went to France and we went swimming in a river and he was paddling. I decided not to go in. It was too cold. But I thought, OK, he's, he's jumped into the pool and swam to the side a million times. He can do it. But actually, he jumped in and he totally flailed around. It was awful. So I leaped in after him, fully clothed, got him out. But it really focused my mind then. And it also, it just made me think how unfair it is. It, it's it's like a privileged sport because in some parts of the country, there's there's adequate pools. But I think the, the experience of most parents that I know, unless your your child your child's school has a pool on the premises, and some schools do. Uh, private schools, um, it's it's actually really tricky to get the lessons. Mm-hmm. And if you pay, if you have money, you can pay extra and go to a gym, for instance. So for I wrote about this recently, and I rang around the country, and I found that Manute, it was a year to get on the waiting list. There's only one pool there in a hotel, and um, so a friend of mine who lives there, she actually paid for a membership, and she was able to swim in the hotel. But that's you have to be to get to the to pool. The you need to, to have that. the money. Uh, I rang a pool in Bishopstown, Cork. They weren't doing any, any assessments. Um, in Mayo, they actually had spaces. Crumlin, Ratmines, they had no space at the moment. Monkstown, it's rep- improved a lot now in the Blue Pool in Monkstown because they've changed their booking system. So this time last year, you had parents queuing 7am, but now there's limited availability. But, I mean, a friend of mine was doing lessons there and she actually paid for lessons throughout the summer, even though she wasn't here because she was scared of losing her slot. And it, it's, I, I just think it's been on the, it's been on the like primary school curriculum for 25 years as aquatics. But like my school don't do, I know. It's on the schools, curriculum, is it? So it's on the primary school curriculum for 25 years, right? But you can, it's, it's called aquatics, but they don't have to do it so they can get out of it. And I, I kind of feel like everyone wants the same thing. We all want our children to learn how to swim, but for some reason it's it's not at the top mm. of the agenda. And it is close to the top of your agenda, Sarah, is it? Because you're dealing with this a lot from uh, parents and I'm sure uh, people who are involved in pools and giving the lessons as well. I'm, I'm sure it's frustrating for them to have parents, you know, banging on the door all the time seeking out these lessons. Yes, from our perspective, a lot of the time Swim Ireland is associated with competitive swimming, high performance, Daniel Whiffen last week. And whilst that's very important to us, our strategy is really about the life skill of swimming, the physical activity of swimming, the safe part of swimming. And just to give you a context, a lot of the pools in this country were built you know, in the 1980s, like they're 30, 40 years old. And there ha- there's no strategy around how do we replace that pool stock. Mm-hmm. Also, most of the pools in this country are actually pub- are not public pools. They're privately owned pools, like hotel pools, mm. which means, therefore, they set the terms as to who can come in and how you come in and how you use them. So you've nothing to do with we that? Won't do- we don't own or run any swimming pools, except for recently we've we've partnered with Dublin City Council and we're running a pool, uh, Sean McDermott Street Pool in Dublin 1. And there are space 
in the swimming lessons in there for parents who are interested. Mm-hmm. And there's parking down there and there's a children's playground nearby and all that sort of stuff to support. Um, but I suppose what we've been trying to do is trying to come up with innovative ways so that we can kind of get opportunities for, for kids to do more swimming. We're working on the medium to long term with the government. They have committed to a national swimming strategy. We understand it'll be launched this year. And what's at the that? moment? That's building more pools, Well, is it? that's from our perspective, it's building more pools. At the moment, we have no commitment from government to infrastructure investment. And look, we're delighted to see investment in in uh, cycling lanes and in walking. But swimming is the other priority priority sport and physical activity because it's one you can do obviously the whole life you know your, throughout the whole life like your whole life but so from our perspective what we need is that level of investment we have a facilities model now which will work with the local authority and say look we'll help you decide where the pool should be based on your population based on your schools based on all that sort of stuff so there's something objective to look at around this we need to do swimming pools differently they can't just be in the ground and concrete, we need to do steel above the ground, more efficient, quicker to build. We don't have to have every pool that services everybody. We have to have more learn to swim pools that service mm. the, the community. So the pop up pool was our way of getting out yeah, to the community. I, I want to talk to you about that in a minute. But j- just on the on the fact that the, a lot of the pools are privately owned and that's where parents are having to go, hotels, gyms and so on. It's really, it can be really expensive, particularly if you have more than one child. Do you think while we're waiting for those medium to long solutions that perhaps there should be some sort of state subvention now for parents who are buying these lessons because it's such a critical skill for children to learn? Well, they've tried that in other countries and that not necessarily that hasn't necessarily worked all that well because like there's a variety of reasons for that. I think what we'd like to see is we'd like to see more investment in swimming teachers and support for swimming teachers. One of the biggest challenges the industry faces is the lack of swimming teachers. So there are some pools that are closed at certain periods of the day because they can't find swimming teachers because during COVID, swimming pools were closed down for a lot of it yeah. and therefore a lot of people left the industry. We're at a time whereby unemployment is very low and a lot of pe- new people aren't going into the industry. But it is something that you can do as part-time, flexible. It only takes about 50 hours to be qualified as a swimming teacher. You don't have any have to have any background in swimming. A lot of that learning is online and interactive and then obviously a certain amount practically in swimming pools. You can do an assistant, start off and then you move to your fully qualified swimming teacher role. So for us, a big piece is, is not just about the pools, it's actually about getting swimming teachers, more swimming teachers mm-hmm. for the facilities and around the country. And do you have any oversight when it comes to regulation or qualifications? We qualify all swimming all, teachers, all absolutely. Swimming teachers Education at swimmerland.ae, any questions, go to our Swim Ireland website. Mm-hmm. So we, we do provide that qualification and it's recognised with Sport Ireland and the government. So absolutely, we, we can do that. And that is definitely one of the big challenges. So Mary, coming back to your research then, how do they deal with this in the UK? Are they better at it than we are? You know, it's funny, in the UK, they're not great at all. They're actually like they're, 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 the rate of kids who can swim. You'll know this, Sarah. It's actually worse than here. But having said that, for other rich, comparable to other rich, wealthy co- countries, we don't we don't come anywhere near. And I just feel we're an island. We're wealthy if we can't offer, you know, the chance for every child to learn how to swim. Like there's something, I think it should be like an emergency. Like Sarah, you'll know this document, but on the Kildare County Council website, they have a list from 2016 and not many pools. It takes so long to build a pool, for instance. There's one in Lucan being built at the moment. It's taken years. So I can assume this list is still fairly the same. There's 24 out of 100 of the biggest towns in Ireland have no pool. I mean, like the population has exploded. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an emergency situation. Why not ring fence the sugar tax, right? It's 32 million a year. That would build two pools 
a year. I don't know, Sarah, is this wild? Is this crazy? <laughs> but like if you really did say, right, put the sugar tax, the fizzy drinks into the pool, because at the moment it's just, it's just been dis- swallowed up by the exchequer, you know, God knows where it's going. I think it would just be real tangible. You could have two new pools. Well, you've just given Sarah a negotiation there you go. tactic there now. You, go. Next. Well, you know, that's been referenced already with the government. They're not buying that one at the moment. But okay. one of the things I think we would like to see them do is so if you're one of the biggest organisations like the GAA or the RFU, you have development offers all over the country. We have three in, count, in, in certain um, areas whereby the councils have supported us. There should be a swimming, what we call them activation officers, because they can then work with the facilities that are present. They can lo- work with the local authorities. They can work on something in the short term and they can work on something in the me- medium term. So mm-hmm. we would like, we, we believe every county should have one of those. And then actually we can come together with a plan based on the area, the population, all that sort of stuff for both short term and long term. That person can work with the, whether it's the private hotel or the private facility, they can work with a public facility. They can see about running courses in the local area for swimming teaching. They can look at the, you know, what what supports are needed because you know we want swimming to be accessible for those with disability with people with cognitive issues as well older people younger people so you do have to have different programs around that so one of the things we would we have asked for in this strategy is that we would have these individuals out working with with the councils and all around the country mm-hmm. in, in, order in to, every local in every local authority and um, just some messages coming in Barry and Cork says it should be a life skill taught to all children being able to swim could quite literally save your life and I think we're all very well aware of that uh, another list Listener says, years ago, we all learned to swim in the nearest river or canal. We wouldn't advise that. That's just not safe. Um, Although I know it did happen. I agree with you. It did happen. You need to follow up with progressive lessons to get your gold cert. It costs money, but it's so worth it. I've spent hours at the side of a pool. Is it necessary to go that far with children so they get their gold cert? How long does that take, by the way, to get to that? I'm not sure what the gold cert the individual is talking about, but what we... It's levels, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. And and, and it can be challenging for parents as well because they feel like they are sitting at the bank a long time. Eight years I've been doing swimming lessons with my children. And swimming is quite technical and it's a different medium. So there's all that involved. But but then they have it for the whole of their life. I was talking to a 60-year-old recently and she said, oh, I'm too old to take up swimming. I said, a lot of people are living now till their 80s. You'd have 20 years left of living. So eight years is not a lot if your child then can swim for the next 80 Mm -hmm. years. Um, But what we say to people is, really, they should be able to swim on their back and on their front for two lengths and thread water for two minutes. And half the, the challenge we have on the other end is kids in swimming programmes are leaving them early. The parents decide they've had enough or the child can swim or maybe they can't afford to do the lessons anymore. Yes. But actually, you want your child to be able to swim not just for safety but also for health and, also for health and fitness and therefore they need to be able to be have form in the water consistently for okay. a period of time. But is there standardised levels across the board? So level five, level six and so on. Is that standardised? Well, what's happening is, you know, if you're a qualified swimming teacher, you can kind of write your own curriculum. Okay. Okay. So a lot of facilities are writing their own curriculum. So we've written recently on a, a new aquatics academy and one of the things we've tried to achieve in that is to introduce kids to different things so a bit of diving a bit of artistic swimming a bit of water polo do the different strokes so that they have more of a kind of a it's more interesting for starters and it's a wider uh, repertoire for them in order ultimately to keep swimming because it is a gateway into other things Mm -hmm. later Um, so we would like to see sort of more pools run that more consistent um, curriculum but to be fair most pools do have levels that they work their way through and yes. parents should be advised every seven or eight weeks how their child is getting on they don't have to move group every seven or eight weeks but one of the problems we have with COVID is that the kids that are five should have then moved up you know within a period of time but because they weren't swimming for, for two years they're now at seven in the same group they would have been at five so there's no room for the five-year-olds to get in 
and we are still there was half a million kids who missed out in swimming lessons during COVID. Yeah, it's it's really so. We are still dealing with that fallout. Yeah. Okay. So you um, would like to see pools moving away from that swimming up and down lengths, which is boring for the children, and they want to give it up when they're doing that. You know, they know how to swim. They're probably not proficient enough, but they say, "I'm done now because I'm swimming up and down." Yeah, well, yes, and they're doing it at width, which isn't enough. They actually do need to be able to swim up and down the 25 metre or the 20 metre. But also we think they should be doing other things in it to have more fun. Yes. Like it's ultimately should be fun for kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like we all want to be doing something that's fun. And therefore swimming teachers, the skilled ones will do a bit of fun at the end, whether that's getting them to dive for something or throw a ball around or something like that. But I suppose what I'd say to parents is, first of all, the waiting lists will continue for a period of time because we are dealing still with a fallout from COVID. There's no doubt about that. So have your child in the water in some shape or form if you can go to a public session. Get them to feel comfortable in the water, blow bubbles in the water. If they can put their head in at all, lie on their back as well as on their front and just have fun. Don't worry about trying to teach them the skills or anything like that. Just get them comfortable. Just get them comfortable in the water and try and have them regularly in the water so they're ready then because you can learn to swim at any age. Let's talk about pop-up pools and how they might be a solution. Have they worked in some places? Well, they've just been incredible. So a pop-up pool is a shipping container, effectively. It's 12 by 3. It goes on the back of a lorry and it goes on a like a parking, like a where, where you can park a car. It just sits there. Um, like local authorities have been very supportive because we need, we need some funding from them to bring it and get it set. Um, and then we heat the pool. It's normally really warm. The kids love it because it's so heated. Um, it's normally about 28 to 30 degrees. And also... Um, if you're if you're someone with um, health issues, the heat also is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we we very makeshift, very basic um, changing rooms. But that one of the reasons we felt um, the public would be open to it is because after COVID, we were all used to sort of a bit more of basic outdoors lifestyle. Um, so basically, it sits there normally for about six months. Um, we we run it as I said, the local authority have helped us, um, and we've done it in Fingal. We're doing it in Cavan at the moment. We've done it in Sligo. We've done it in a couple of places around the country. We have three at the moment. We bought one, and the government have helped us buy another two. Um, but you're getting people. We're going to areas generally where there hasn't been much swimming. We try and sit it in a community, like near a community centre or near a, near schools. So you might, if you've got three or four schools in a local area, the kids can maybe walk to it or get to it closely enough and they're getting swimming lessons. And then what we're trying to do afterwards is have a conversation about, well, what's next now? What's provision? Mm-hmm. We've shown there's demand for it in the area. How do we next go about talking? So we get to the decision makers then and local authorities about well, it. Well, the communities must be devastated when, when it leaves, when it goes back it on the back of the, the truck and off it goes. Yeah, it is very challenging. And that's why for us, making sure we have that wider conversation about what's next. And like, you know, there are modular pools can be delivered in two years. You don't have to wait five, seven, ten years for swimming pools to arrive. It's, mm-hmm. And that's we're trying to get people to think differently about how they do swimming and how they do swimming pools. Mary, do you think the pop-up pool is the answer? By a wide margin, it's better than nothing, right? Of course it is. I mean, like I looked at some of the promotional videos and you had all these groups, these diversity groups saying there's all these kids that didn't know how to swim and now they know how to swim. There was one down in Sligo and there was they have all these summer camps down there that now the kids can do because there's water sports. So there's a lot of people who have moved to Ireland who don't know how to swim as well. That's another thing. I, I do think the cost is a big issue because just it's not a priority. Like if you can't pay your supermarket bill, you won't have the money to pay for lessons. So that's another reason. So I... For private lessons. For private lessons, you know. So, I mean, they are, they are, they're less, they're cheaper when you do them in the public pool, right? Mm-hmm. You pay, let's, in Dublin it's around 110 for a block, right, of a term. That's probably about 11, 12 lessons, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's slightly cheaper than down the country. But, like, it, that still is quite a lot of money. And then, obviously, if you go to a gym, it's a lot more than that. So, anyway, my, 
solution is and I am I love swimming it's such a holistic sport it's mind and body it's brilliant so three times a week I'll go to my health club and it's lovely and quiet and I swim around but I feel guilty Claire because I'm like this club should be open to schools so I mean I I would think maybe mandate not every day obviously but maybe two mornings a week all these private um, gyms and you know maybe they have to if there's a primary school in their area they have to actually well the state would have to pay for that obviously because you're dealing with a private business Yes, but it's on the it's on the curriculum. I think it's I think we need to start taking this seriously. You shouldn't be able to say, Oh, we'll do Irish dancing instead, it's grand. It's not grand. You gotta teach kids how to swim, you know, it's not mm. fair. And then obviously that feeds into so much other benefits. It's not just the Olympics, it's obesity, it's well being, it's you know, swimming yeah. is such a great sport. I know it's not just about the Olympics, but we do want more Monas and more Daniels, don't we, Sarah? Yeah, we absolutely do. Um and but there's a great role models and then the kids are going to want to swim and for some of them they're going to struggle to find somewhere they can swim like if you are very rural you could be 40 miles 60 miles an hour and a half from your nearest pool and like that's just really not feasible for parents uh, so I, I think to, to go back to, to to the point here I think that we, we're going to have a national swimming strategy um, we then need to understand that we need investment to go around it like I, I'm we're dealing with the desk school at the moment we do get some level of support from both Healthy Ireland Sport Ireland and the government to support kind of you know groups uh, more underprivileged groups and uh, but they're happy to go and fundraise as well because they want their kids so the school will help fundraise yeah. we'll give a certain amount of money but we can only manage that for a certain period of time um, so we, we just need a longer term view on all of this and for once and all to say if we have a national sports policy that says that swimming is one of the priority sports then why is it getting so much less funding than some of our bigger sports that have a much more commercial opportunity to bring in funding so I think we actually have to be true to what our policy says mm-hmm. and invest in something that is for everybody because ultimately well, and also should be a, for everybody it's an essential life skill it is you know, 100% quite essential apart life skill. from you know something you can do as a, a recreational activity it's a really important thing to know how to do Mary thank you very much Mary McCarthy and Sarah Keynes CEO of Swim Ireland good to have you both here